Welcome back to the Crazy Dre podcast show, ladies and gentlemen. Boys and girls from the great state of Michigan, this is your main man, Crazy Crockett, a.k.a. Andre's podcast, the Crazy Dre podcast show. Thank you for tuning in. I'd like to thank all the listeners out there that keep coming back. i like to welcome all the new ones that are showing up. Uh, my podcast is basically a play a platform for my uh, thoughts and ideas. Uh, some of you may know that I, I have some form of a disability. I created this podcast for that reason, but it's not going that way. And I think the reason why I'm, it's not going that way because I don't have enough time or, or energy to be complaining about my disability. Now, I do have a left hand that has, has no ligaments and nerves connected correctly. So it's a form of cerebral palsy. It could have happened during childbirth. It might be a stroke. No one really knows what it is. But... That's the best way for me to describe it. Uh, so I'm kind of transitioning my podcast to everyday life to talk about sports and anything that pops in my head. I might even talk about religion and some part of uh, spirituality and all that stuff. Uh, I, I do enjoy, again, talking about politics if, if, it's, if it's in that era or genre of what I want to talk about. However, today I'm going to talk about sports and only sports today. So I'm going to start out with uh, the fact that I'm watching the, the 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 subway series against the New York Mets and the New York Yankees. It's at that Mets stadium, City Bank Stadium. And I'm also watching the Pittsburgh Pirates at the Chicago Cubs. So I got both games on right now. Thank God for the major league uh, pass that I have. Uh, thank for Team T-Mobile for allowing me to have that pass. I am one of the only few people out there who are the eight, between the ages of forty and who still watches baseball. I do think that baseball is getting a little twisted a little bit by having to wait too many runs being scored uh i'm kind of disappointed in the pitching uh some people may love it uh, more velocity uh more speed which that was that's what velocity means i do think that the starting pitchers don't have three pitches they have two p- good pitches uh it takes away the deception for the batters uh major league is trying to save me uh the major league commissioners in the in the and the leaders of 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 major league is trying to save the league itself uh a lot of uh the batting average in the last ten years have gone down to about two thirty four this year's maybe up like two forty five batting average uh there's a little spike about the hype uh there's new rules for major league baseball. Uh, there's a time clock for the pitchers to be uh, have their their pitch being thrown to home base. Uh, uh, batters have to be in the batter in the batter's box by ten seconds before. I mean, I think I think it's like be- between twelve and eight seconds 
of of the pitcher releasing the ball. Uh, I do think that speeds up the game a little bit. I do I do like that part of it. Uh, I think it, it makes the game more sufficient for non-fans out there, people that don't enjoy baseball. Uh, uh, I think that if you want to keep things uh, moving, you have to make it for people that are not typically going to watch the game in itself. Saying that, uh, Detroit Tigers lost a doubleheader today. Uh, they were up 4-0 into the second inning. Cabrera finally hit a home run, his first home run of the year. After about three months in the, in the, the season started, uh, I really do wish that they would sign him off and uh, send him back to the sports box or the players box. Uh, pay his rest of his contract of his $30 million contract for the rest of his life for the next 15, 20 years. Uh, I think that would clear a lot of space for for a lot of newcomers coming up. But you know what? This is last year, so I guess we should celebrate his 3,000 hits, his over 500 home runs, his, uh, his, uh, his presence on the bench, so I guess I guess I shouldn't be a Debbie Downer about Kibera. Uh, I do think that the Tigers do struggle because they don't score enough runs against bad teams, and when they play good teams, they they can't keep the leads. I do think that the Tigers have uh, pitching problems with the starters. I think their bullpen's a little bit, bit better. Um, what else could I say about Detroit? There's always next year, I guess. So, moving on from that, let's talk about let's talk about the PGA Tour. Let's talk about the U.S. Open golf tournament in California. It's at the Los Angeles Country Club. Uh, it was developed by a guy named George C. Thomas, legendary guy from the 20s. Uh, developed the golf course. It's a big, it's a big wide golf course. It should be a, a very friendly golf course to McIlroy, to Scotty Scheffler, to Bryson DeChambeau, to to the PGA champion Brooke Kopka. Uh, John Rahm, it should be a very happy-go-lucky golf course for all the guys that have a lot of power. However, saying that, this is going to be interesting. So I'm going to go through a couple of these holes. The The first hole should be a something that the golfer should be expecting a birdie shot. It's at 590 yards. 590 yards par 5. It's uh, the way that they kind of present it. It's a kind of a gateway for the for the pros to or the golfers to get a under par shot. Uh, and then, then let's go to the fourth hole. The fourth hole is a par 3. It was a 228 yards, which is amazing to, to think it's 228. Uh, 
I want to give you an example of how, of who I am. I I shoot right-handed. I have one hand. I grip the the golf club, and I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you the truth. I would still take my driver on that par three, and I probably would hit it about 215 yards. That's it. So I would still be about 13 yards short of that hole. Now, remember, I shoot one hand. So that'd be a golf course that I would enjoy being on because I would hope I would be playing with somebody that could hit the ball about 280 at least. So then we let's go to the, the, the sixth hole. The sixth hole is real interesting. It is a par th- four, 330 yards hole. And I'm going to tell you something. I know that McElroy, I know that DeChambeau, I know that Scotty, Scheffler, and Brooke Kopka, and a couple other guys could probably hit the ball on the on the green. Now, why did why did they do this? Because it's a very long golf course, so you have to make it ex- exciting. Well, I, correct me. Wait, I'm gonna correct myself. Maybe they made this golf course, or they made this par six, 330 yards, because George C. Thomas saw it to be the, in that direction, that length. <clears throat> then let's go to pause seven. I mean, hole seven. Hole hole seven is. 284 par 3. I golf I golf at these golf courses within the Grand Rapids area. Wyoming, Byron Center. And, and, and we have a lot of small golf courses. We really do within the Grand Rapids area. And this 284 is a par four at Maple Hill, at at Ironwood and Barnes Center. But for these guys, could you imagine taking your? How do you take your driver and hit this 284 par three, and then you might you may or may not overdrive the golf. Another green. Think about this. You're Scheffler, you're McElroy, you're DeShambo. And I'm going to tell you this. DeShambo's going to, to struggle with this hole or these holes, these par threes. This 284 par three, DeShambo's going to struggle because he likes to take his driver and hit about 340 yards to the left or to the right, and it's never straight. Well, I should not say it's never straight. It's straight. But a lot of times, his second shot, his approach shot, is what kills him. Now, if I were these guys, if I was Scotty and I was, you know, Justin Thomas or or uh, McRoy, I probably would get my par three and hit it as far as I can hit it and maybe – be I don't know I don't know how how far can most people hit their 
part how far can people hit their their wood their three wood i said part three i meant to say three wood i guess you can hit it 250 270 off if you have a wood a i don't know i i i just don't know why you would take your driver and lighten up a little bit i mean i don't know how you control the speed of your driver when you try and hit the ball as far as you can with a driver i just don't know how you can slow out s- slow down your swing so that you don't under hit it and then you don't hit it at, at all and then you only hit it about 260 but then because you under hit it you're sliced it or you're or 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 you hooked it i don't know how that works so this is going to be a very fun hole to watch this this hole seven par three 284 and then of course we have a the par five of the 14th hole 673 yards who does that why would you need a hole to go that far that long that's amazing i can't do that i wish i could but this is going to be a very fun tournament to watch. This is going to be a, this golf course supposedly is very open, very wide. All these players are going to take shots at it. They're going to make any. I mean, they're just. I if I was that strong, I would I would try to hit the ball as far as I could. I would lay up. I would lay up on the par fives to make sure I get my birdie shot. To get a good birdie shot on the par five, I mean on the yeah par five eighth hole, five hundred and thirty-seven yards. Uh, the first hole again, I would lay up to get a great birdie shot, and maybe not try to go for the eagle. Now I'm pretty sure that the Shambo is not going to listen to that advice from his caddy, but I'm pretty sure that McElroy will. I think Scotty Scheffler should. I think Justin Thomas is another guy that is going to have to hit the ball on the fairway as much as possible. Uh, I know Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth have been struggling. I think those two guys have been uh, having problems hitting to the bunkers. If these guys want to survive, Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth want to survive to go into the final round in the top 10, top 20, or top 5, they're going to have to keep themselves out of that bunker. To shamble, I think I would tell them, like, don't take your driver out. Get your wood. Get your your uh, your your three wood. Hit the ball as far as you can, and that's still about 280. It might not not... It might not be 350, but let's keep the ball on the fairway. I do like this idea, though. They got the, I found it interesting that they got Phil Mickelson teeing off at 1259. This is a live golf guy. Live golf. This is the guy that pronounces love and faith to Saudi Arabia's golf league. Live golf. So it's, I find it interesting that I think the fans still like him. I think the fans still love him, but they don't like him anymore. 
which doesn't make sense. I just made a complete oxymoron statement, I guess you could call that. But I do find it interesting that they have Phil Milkes said about the time that everyone's at lunch and everyone's maybe going out to eat uh, during work or getting out of work early. I don't know a lot of people that still would get out of the work early to watch it, one of the majors of the golf uh, in in golf. But I find it interesting that he's at 12.59. Um, DeChambeau is at 7.40. Shane Laundrie is at 7.40 a.m. Justin Thomas starts at 7.40. Uh, let's see here. Cameron Smith, PGA champion of last year, 2022. Another live golf guy that is uh, starting at 1.32 p.m. Uh, Dustin Johnson, another live guy that is starting at 1.32 as well. Um and Brooke Kopka is going to tee off at 153. With along with with along with Roy McIlroy. So that's going to be an an interesting uh uh matchup. Those two guys will be not talking to each other about money and and supporting the PGA or not supporting PGA and going to live. So but Saying that, I have a feeling, I don't know why, but I have a feeling that either Bronson DeChambeau is going to win, is going to win the U.S. Open. I don't know why. I think this golf course, now that I looked this golf course up, plays into his favor. There's a lot of room to make mistakes. Uh, he's just got to stay out of the uh, out of the bunkers, but I think if he can hit his putts, he might be a favorite to win. Now, of course, we got Scotty Shuffler at eight thirteen, which I'm kind of surprised that they have him so early in the morning. I think I if I was the PGA U.S. Open uh, organizers, I would have him at like. 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, alongside with Phil Milkison so that you have this live and uh, this live in PGA thing going. I really think that that could happen. But remember, folks, live and PGA are now going to be together in the following months and year of 2024. So they're going to have a new name. Uh, they're going to probably change the rules again. They're going to have, probably have a, a team set up. Uh, they're probably going to do something that is going to be more entertaining for, for for people who are not golfers, who are not going to watch uh, three days, four days tournaments. I do think, again, the worst thing that ever happened to the PGA was what? Live golf. The best thing that ever happened to live golf I mean, the best thing ever happened to PGA Tour is live golf. Why is that? Because the PGA was becoming a very old, old sport. Uh, they try to live within the means of Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods 
is really non-existence in the PGA Tour. He is not really in existence in the golf world anymore. And it's because of his injuries. But they try to, they try to stay with the idea that Tiger Woods could come back and save the league. And it didn't happen. And then the Saudi Arabia decided to create their own league, pay a lot, pay their A, pay the number one, the number two of the world, and then took all the fun out of the PGA. Now everyone's not really watching Live Golf either because no one really cares about Live Golf. But if you're going to pay somebody that much money to golf and no one cares about who's going to win their RBC championship no one's going to care besides if you live in canada and you got nick taylor who won the who won the canadian rbc open it's the first canadian since 1954 that's amazing those are the only people that really cared about that tournament besides myself so again congratulations to nick taylor uh, winning it last week in canada uh, but moving on, let's talk about the NBA. The NBA, they, the the MVP of the NBA NBA Finals is Jovic. Jovic is a Serbian man that was born in Serbia that played professional basketball in Serbia. At around the age of 16 to 18 years old, he gets drafted by the Nuggets, and he's the 40, 41st draft pick. What does that tell you? Jovic, where everyone thought that he was really unathletic, incapable to play in the NBA. But that wasn't true. He conquered the NBA. He made... He made the 76ers guy, Ebold, look like a fool. He's made, this guy, Jovic, had numbers. And I'm going to read you these numbers that he had over other NBA finalists who won the NBA and won the MVP. So in this recent NBA finals, Jovic had 30 points per game. Kevin Durant had 20, 28.5 with the with the Warriors the year that the year that ugh, the year that he won the NBA Finals with the Warriors. And remember, Kevin Durant dropped a big bomb and said, "I'm gonna join the enemy and forget about you, Oklahoma Thunder." So remember, Kevin Durant is a sellout. Again, a sellout. Kevin Durant, you're a sellout. Then we're going to talk about the assist leader in the NBA Finals or the playoff finals. And who is that? Magic Johnson, 9.4 assists per game. And you know what Jovic does? He does one, he's, he does one, one better, 9.5. So... You get the greatest passer of the of of the NBA, maybe not as good as Pete. 
Oh man, I can't remember his last name. No way, I I can remember his last name. I can't pronounce it. So I'm sorry, Pistol Pete. That's who I'm talking about. All you NBA fans out there, you know who I'm talking about. I'm not going to destroy his last name. I have a some form of speech impairment. So I'm sorry, Pistol Pete. God bless your soul. Probably one of the greatest passers and scorers of all time. So then we go to the rebounds. Now we're going to talk about Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan in his NBA Finals MVP era, he had 11.5 rebounds per game. Jovic had 13.5. That's amazing, right? But let's talk about Tim Duncan. He's probably the most underrated, greatest player of all time discussion. No one talks about him. You know why? He's not flashy. He doesn't. I'm not going to say swear or be cool, whatever whatever you want to call it. He's just a normal guy. It's not important for him to flash his fancy stuff or anything that's unrelevant to the rest of the world. But Tim Duncan should probably be discussed as one of the greatest centers of all time. I will say this. Tim Duncan did make it look cool to shoot the ball off the glass into the basket. So remember that. All you kids out there that cannot make that cannot make a bucket go right into the right into the hoop and make a swoosh, use the backboard. If you use the backboard, you might be able to make the basketball team. Learn how to dribble first, learn how to pass first. Make sure you always practice your free throws. Always practice your free throws. Now, now we could talk about Steph Curry. Steph Curry is probably the savior of the NBA in this generation. After Kobe Bryant went away, LeBron James flopped to high heavens, to the world. Steph Curry saved the NBA with his three-point shots, his half have half-court three-point shots. And you know what? <clears throat> the greatest thing about Steph Curry is that he looked like he was having a lot of fun or is having a lot of fun. But Steph Curry had a 39.7% three-point shot, and that's phenomenal in his MVP era, his MVP season. Now, let's talk about Jovic. Jovic, this NBA Finals, had 46.1% of three points. That's amazing. That's half of his shot. He can pass. He can rebound. He can do everything that you can't do. But guess what else he could do? He could keep his opponent under 39.8% of shooting. And Giannis, probably... Better than LeBron James, had a 39.7% of defensive percentage on his opponent. So, I think we should apologize to to the Serbia kid. This kid that that wants to go home. This kid that 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 has to go to a parade in Denver 
to celebrate an NBA Finals because the city of Denver have never won it. And they did it with Jovic. And Jovic wants to go home. Can the man just go home? Send the man home. And which is kind of sad because <clears throat> he doesn't understand that the city of Denver wanted a championship. He brought a championship to that to that city and he doesn't care. Excuse me as I'm drinking my water. I I'm in between here. All right. Last but not least, hockey, NHL, Stanley Cup Finals. The Vegas Knights beat Florida Panthers. Congratulations on winning another Stanley Cup, which I think is kind of weird and funny to say that the Knight won another Stanley Cup where 10, 15 years ago in an expansion team would have never won a Stanley Cup within the first 10 years. But you have to mark it. Now, I'm going to tell you this, folks. To all those hockey fans out there, I am so happy for you that hockey is back and hockey is doing something phenomenal. Uh, the score is 10-3. The Vegas won. I don't know. How do you not? I just don't get it. You don't play defense. and You have a lot of offense. Someone explain this to me. Please explain this to me. All right, folks. I talked about the U.S. Open. Oh, one more thing about the U.S. Open. These are my picks to win the to 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 win the U.S. Open. I got Bronson DeChambeau, Brooke Hopka, and the uh, in the long shot. I'm gonna go with Victor. Victor Hovland. Hovland just recently won one of his first tournaments in the PGA. But I think this is a rising star. I think uh, he learned a lot from losing to Brooke Hopkins in the PGA Championship. Uh, I When I watched him a couple years ago, I just kind of knew that Victor would be a very well golfer. I think he kind of reminds me a little bit of Greg Norman. I know Greg Norman is an Australian and and uh, Victor is from Finland, but I just feel like their their presence on the golf course could be a very good thing for the PGA Tour and for Live Golf or whatever the new league is going to be named. But I got Bronson, I got Brooke Kopka, and I got... And, and and I got the lawn horse of the lawn shot, Victor Hovland. I think McRoy has got too much on his plate. I think he's got kids now and he's got things to think about that they, that as soon as you have kids, everything changes. You're you you can't go out to the golf course and practice for four hours straight and take a break and go back out. I think McElroy could win a couple more majors, but I don't know. I don't know if he's going to win like four or five more. 
I took Brooke Kopka because I think of the opportunity for him to win the PGA Championship and the U.S. Open is very highly predictable. I think that he's very uh, focused. Brooke Kopka, Kopka happens to um, play very well at times when certain tournaments are being played. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. What, I don't know anything about Scotty Scheffler. I know that Scotty Scheffler has won a master or two, uh, but lately I, I'm not really impressed with him. But for all you golf nerds out there, and all you golf professionals, and all you guys that are that would tell me I'm an idiot, I know. I don't know enough about golf, but. It's just a podcast, all right? So I'm going to leave it at, at that. I'm watching the New York Yankees and the Mets. Uh, Rizzo just got hit. And the score for the Cubs and the Pirates, as of right now, the Pirates are up 5-1. to one. And I'm not really sure who's winning between the Yankees and the Mets. Oh. It's a tie game, folks. Tie game. All right. Peace, love. I know that's really strange how to end it, but go Major League Baseball. Thank you, T-Mobile, for uh, allowing uh, Major League Baseball and T-Mobile have a contract for people like me to watch baseball night in and night out. Peace and love. I'm out. And thank you for listening to the Crazy Dre Podcast Show.